Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. An oldie, but a goodie, and so, so important. Cytology, cytology, cytology. How do you get a good cytology? Which cytology technique should you use? Obviously, if you follow my uh, social media, especially Instagram, you know that cytology, everything is one of the main taglines that I use. And that is because cytology really is one of the main things we do in dermatology that gives us so much information. In my derm nerds community, I actually have a whole lecture dedicated just to cytology, just to show how important it is. And I have done previous episodes of the podcast about cytology, but fresh off of being at a few different conferences, speaking about allergy management in cytology, I got asked a lot about it and figured I would refresh the episode for all of you because it is that important that we consistently talk about cytology because we do it every single day. So why do cytology? Well, it's pretty quick. You can learn to collect samples as you're talking to the owner, so it's not taking any more time within your exam slot that you have. Inexpensive. I know that allergy fees add up or management of infections add up, but to get so much information that's going to guide you on what needs to happen next or what treatment option you're going to use, what other diagnostics are needed, cytology really is inexpensive, especially compared to running a cytology that maybe wasn't necessary because you'd see that it's all malassezia or, you know, weird looking cells and maybe you need to biopsy instead. Non-invasive, it's something that we can do that even if a pet is resistant to, isn't actually taking pieces of the skin Most animals are pretty accepting of it. Yes, I do have some cases where I have to sedate to do it, but for the most part, they're going to be pretty easy to collect. Instant results. I love when an owner, as I'm collecting a sample, talk about why we're doing it, mentions, well, are you going to call me with those results in the next couple of days or when should I expect the results? And I get to say, oh, you're going to know the results in five minutes. Like before you even leave, it's going to guide what we're going to do today. We're very lucky that that, we get so much information off of a test that we can read so quickly, whether it is you reading it as a clinician, if you're having your technician or assistants, if they're trained to read them, um, there are new um, AI microscopes coming out where you can have um, instant results or have an image come up that quantifies what infections are there. So we're seeing more and more technology also looking at cytology. And it really is our minimum database for dermatology cases, whether you're talking about diagnosing or treatment monitoring. I always lecture about this, and I've heard other amazing dermatologists use a very similar analogy, but if you have a pet coming in and they're just not feeling good, you know, what's your minimum database? You're probably going to run some lab work. Well, this is our minimum database. It gives us an idea of what's going on. You know, this is our blood work. This is really us getting an idea of what the skin is doing. Is is it inflamed? Is there lots of infections present? Are there weird things we don't recognize? What are the types of things we're looking for? Infection primarily. So 
are there cocci? Are there rods? Yeast? A mixture of all of those? Do we see other forms of infection? Like sometimes you can see dermatophyte spores or hyphae underneath the microscope. What type of inflammation is present? If there's a lot of neutrophils, we're thinking infection, maybe an inflammatory process of some sort. If there's a lot of eosinophils, a hypersensitivity disorder, especially in our feline patients, parasites, we know that ectoparasites can cause eosinophils. There's even autoimmune diseases, like sometimes pemphigus cases have a decent amount of eosinophils. Macrophages, you know, maybe there's infection that's been there for a while, because usually macrophages are something we see more chronically with inflammation. Acanthalytic keratinocytes are something that we can see under the scope and they can be very suggestive of pemphigus. It's just skin cells that are prematurely lifted based on what that disease does. We do know small amounts of acanthalytic keratinocytes can pop up with certain staph infections or trichophyton. But if you see lots of acanthalytic keratinocytes, it is very suggestive. You may have a case of pemphigus. And then various neoplastic cells, we do see skin cancers. So specifically epitheliotropic lymphoma is one of the main things we'll think about. What do you need? It's pretty simple. A lot of slides, a lot, a lot of slides. Diff quick stain primarily is what most of us are using in the clinic. Of course, there are things like gram stains, but for quick, you know, clinical practice, busy private practice, or even university setting, diff quick stain is going to get you most of the information you need. A good quality microscope, you don't have to get a super crazy fancy microscope. There are, you know, decent microscopes out there. You just want to make sure you take care of them that are not as expensive, you know, maybe a thousand, couple thousand. Um, Some people use cover slips, especially if you're going to keep that slide long term. Um, Some techniques we're going to go over, maybe you have a scalpel blade, a toothpick, tape, or cotton tipped applicator. Immersion oil, so you can actually look at these samples in an oil immersion field. And then just confidence. Remember, cytology is practice makes perfect like anything else. And that's really important. We'll have students come spend time with us. You know, they'll get a sample. There's not much on the slide. I'll get a sample. There's a bunch of cells and uh, infection. And they'll say, well, what's wrong? I'm like, well, I've only done skin now for over a decade. I can actually say like over a decade, I've only done skin like almost 12 years. I'm getting old. So I've only done this This is what I do all day long. So I'm very comfortable with it. My technique, you know, I'm really comfortable with that and what I'm looking for. But even I've had to repeat slides, you know, from time to time, if they don't feel like I get a good sample. So let's talk about the different types of techniques there are. And one important thing I want to bring up is that you do not have to do all of these techniques. You know, I don't do all of these techniques. You just want to find the few that feel good to you, that give you the information that you want in your cases. Even as dermatologists, we're all a bit different on how we collect. You know, I don't use a lot of tape impression smear or tape smears, but I know amazing dermatologists that love tape preps. So it really just comes down to personal preference. I do use it from time to time, but you again, don't have to use all of these methods. So the first one is going to be the one that I use the most personally, and that is direct impression. So you obtain the samples just by putting the slide on the exudate or debris. One mistake I see is just if there's a crusted lesion, just putting kind of patting the slide onto that lesion. And that's not what we want to do. 
We want to use the edge of the slide at about a 30 to 45 degree angle, and we want to get under the crust. So use the edge of the slide like a tool, get under the crust or disrupt the top layer of the skin, open up a pustule with a corner of the slide, dislodge scale, and then firmly press or smear material onto a slide. In a perfect world, we just kind of press it vertically. I mean, in my clinical practice, I smear all the time. But rubbing that slide against the skin, you're going to rupture open neutrophils and you'll get a lot of nuclear streaming, which, you know, for me is okay. I'm kind of used to reading that, but it's just something to be aware of. When can you use this? I mean, I use this predominantly in the clinic, but it's really great for things like moist, greasy, exudative lesions. Um, if you're moving crust or sampling papules or pustules, you get more intact cells. Again, the gentler you are, so if you don't smear it along, but you can, you're just going to get a lot of nuclear streaming. I personally think you can do this in the interdigital spaces, even though a lot of people use tape prep for it. I just use my opposite, my non-dominant hand and kind of flip that webbing from the opposite side to make more of a plateau of skin. But some people do find that things like tape prep are easier in those areas. And if you are having a hard time, if you have a pustular disease and you're having a hard time using the slide, you can try to open pustules with a needle and then press the exudate of the slide onto the, the slide after you open it up with that needle. The next collection technique is swab. So we think of using things like a cotton tipped applicator for ear samples, but you can actually use it on the skin as well, especially if you have things like draining tracks. You're just going to rub or roll the cotton tipped applicator or the Q-tip onto the affected area of the skin surface. You can also put it in things like draining tracks, which can be a really nice area. And you're just going to roll the sample onto a slide like you would with an ear sample. This will be where you can obtain uh, specimens that are really moist or if they're weird areas. So if you have certain areas that have limited accessibility um, or near things you don't want to hurt. So think like a periocular area and you're nervous, you're going to get eye trauma if they move a lot. Um, So I use that a lot around the medial canthus, kind of those kind of strange areas, especially if they're nice and moist. If you have an area that's drier and you want to try, you could moisten with sterile saline the tip of your cotton tipped applicator and then try to get a sample. It will dilute it a bit, but that's something you can try to do. And obviously ear swab um, is something we commonly think of doing with a cotton tipped applicator as well. You're just going to sample usually about the junction of the horizontal and vertical canal and roll it onto the slide itself. Next tape prep. So again, I don't use a ton of tape prep but it is completely a reasonable method. We don't have to do all of these, but um, lots of really great people love tape prep. And that's just obtaining samples by using the sticky part of the tape to collect dry debris. And then the tape's placed on a slide to interpret just like you would with anything else. So you can tear a strip of tape slightly shorter than the length of the slide. You firmly press the sticky side of the tape, so just single-sided sticky tape, to the skin surface repeatedly. And there's a different ways you can stain. So traditionally we think of staining a slide, you put in the fixative, you put it in the red dye and then the purple dye. You can either put the tape adhesive side down and just lift the edge of the tape and put a drop of the final stain, the purple stain under that. Or you can stain the tape itself, but you do not need the fixative because your tape has served as a fixative and you'll dip it in the red and the purple and then evaluate it underneath on the slide. And so people really like tape for things like dry, scaly lesions, those tricky spaces, again, the lip margins, nail beds, interdigital spaces, if people don't feel comfortable utilizing um, a direct impression smear, 
then they'll utilize tape, which is reasonable. The reason that I don't love tape is you do get a lot of background debris, right? Because it's sticking to it. So you get a lot of background debris. So you have to use your fine tune on your microscope to kind of go up and down and look through different layers of it. But if you're comfortable with that, it's completely a reasonable thing to do. Another method we're going to start playing around with, because I've heard a lot of awesome things about it. Um, and I'll kind of stay tuned as I get more experience with it. There are adhesive slides. So there's sticky slides that you can utilize. So it's kind of like a hybrid, I guess, of direct impression smear in tape. So we're actually getting some within our clinic to try out because I've actually heard a lot of amazing general practitioners that I trust and I think do great dermatology say they've really enjoyed using the adhesive slides. So that's another one that you could consider and another one that hopefully I will come back and report back on. Next method, as you know, is one of my favorites, and that is a toothpick method for collecting claw folds. You're just going to be amazed what you find using something like a toothpick to get access to all that material that can be trapped really deep in the claw fold. So it's super simple. You're just going to gently insert the toothpick into the claw fold and scrape material from the proximal claw claw fold with the toothpick, and then just roll that onto a slide. You're going to get things that are really difficult to get through indirect impression smear or even tape because of that pocket of tissue. You can try to roll back the claw fold and get samples, but the toothpick works wonderfully. So if you see brown staining to the claw, inflammation around the claw fold, which the medical term for is paronychia, or if you have a patient, they're licking and chewing their paws a lot, or that's what the owners are reporting, and you look and you just do not feel like the claws look or the paws look that bad, try a toothpick. You will absolutely be surprised how much you can find infection wise. And we don't want to give up on certain medications for allergies just because an infection's there that has not been treated. You don't need much. A small sample, if you roll it onto a slide, really, really can tell you a lot. Um, the last technique we'll talk about is not one I do commonly, but does have its place in dermatology. And that is doing a scraping for cytology. Not a scrape to look for things like mites. You can actually use a scalpel blade and it's for like those dry superficial lesions. You'll get less background debris compared to things like a tape prep, but sometimes it can be a bit harder to actually collect the sample and get it onto the slide. But you take the scalpel blade at a 30 to 45 degree angle and you're going to go along the lesion surface numerous times in one direction, just kind of scraping up the seborrheic scale, things like that. And then you're going to gently smear that material onto a slide. So some people call it the bread and butter technique, where you actually just kind of slather it on, you know, like you would slather on butter onto a piece of bread. And then you stain it like normal. You don't want too much debris on there, but usually because you're using that technique, it gets pretty thin. And this can be used in really scaly seborrheic areas. You're not going to use mineral oil. It's not looking for mites. You're just going to stain it once you really get the debris on adhered onto your slide. You're just going to stain it like you would a normal slide. So ending with just kind of staining, make sure that you let the material dry onto the slide. Um, you can heat fix, but a lot of the studies show that you don't have to. So I just put less debris on my actual slide. And then, um, but some people still like to heat fix. You can also allow it to dry, like once you stain it. So you're going to use your fixative, solution one, which is that red pink sample, solution two, which is your blue purple. But I don't suggest using hair dryers. I used to actually say you can use hair dryers in low heat, 
but we're fear free and hair dryers are really scary to animals. So I used to just use bibless paper. Honestly, once we stain the slide, we rinse it. So you can rinse it under tap water. Just do the side of the slide opposite of your sample, or you can just dip it into plain water. If you have it next to your stains, and then we just put it in bibless paper and read it from there. There's no magic amount of time. You have to have a slide in each stain. Um, you know, I say five to eight times, but I've heard all sorts of crazy things like a minute in each. You really don't need that long. It's not that picky of a technique. You just want to make sure you allow the excess solution to drain into a jar and touch the end of slide on uh, like a paper towel to take away the excess before you move on to the next. Cause you don't want to dilute each of the next stains. We don't rinse them in between, but we let the excess kind of come off. And again, I tend to use bibulous paper. You can let them air dry if you have time. Hair dryer, just be cautious because it, it can be scary for pets to hear that sound. But I really like bibulous paper um, in those situations. So again, an oldie but a goodie. I hope that's helpful. Just staining slides, collecting slides, and what we expect as far as benefit from that. Um, it has been something that as you get better at it and do it, there's a really steep learning curve. Like it's fast. You can learn to do cytology pretty quickly. My last kind of tip is if you're nervous about cytology and it's okay if you are, um, because it can be intimidating as we're doing it so much in dermatology practice on still pets. So if you're doing dentals, if you are doing, um, spays, neuters, just practice collecting cytology from interdigital spaces, perioral regions, practice doing an otoscope on an ear, all these sorts of things that can be utilized in a way so that you can get confidence before you're doing it in front of an owner where you have that, you know, crazy two-year-old Labrador retriever licking your face the whole time, or one, a pet that's really sensitive with their feet being touched. Practice the techniques, especially because you have the ability in a lot of these sedated or anesthetized patient, and it's not an invasive thing to do. So I hope that's really helpful. Cytology really is everything. That's why I say cytology everything. If it's itchy, cytology it. If it looks red, cytology it. If it's crusty, cytology it. If it's weird, cytology it. Get confident in these collection techniques and it's really going to change your dermatology practice. 